I'd like to welcome our pastor up to share. Right, thank you. You can. That, yeah, thank you. That uh, that rush of activity in the back is from our camera crew saying, "No, above the knees, above the knees, please." Uh, as they refocus, it's just brighting out the. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, I may get the prize for the whitest legs in, in the crowd. But thanks, thanks to these folks for sharing their hearts. Let's give them another hand. And, and I know that almost to a person here today, uh, you could have been sharing your heart here. Um, and, and my heart has always been, God, grow this as large as it can possibly be, as long as we're small as we need to be. And what I meant by that was, that's not a contradiction of terms. That is, I always want us to be propagating the gospel, to give away what we've received, always, always, always. But it's not the huge crowds alone that we're looking for. It's being the kind of church that is the body of Christ to one another. So that we're gathering into home teams. We're being known by names. You, you heard that in the testimonies this morning. It's where we get small enough that it's not awkward to get up from my seat where we are and go touch someone with a tear and say, I'm praying for you. If you want, you can tell me more about that because chances are I've been there too. We're a body that hopes to minister that personally to everybody who walks through the door. And that means no matter how large we get, we'll always be growing small too. I love both of those visions, especially when they're side by side with each other. I appreciate the way God has revealed himself in every one of the testimonies that we talked about this morning is still revealing himself in us. Remember our core convictions so far? Number one, God is with us. And that's a short way of saying that we don't have to imagine who God is. God has revealed himself to us packed into that idea of God is with us as we serve the God as he has revealed himself to us as Father, as Son, as Holy Spirit. Now, we could have fashioned that first core conviction in as we believe in the Trinity. But it's not that we believe in a theological concept in and of itself. It's because we believe that God is with us, that he has revealed himself to us, that he is still with us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is with us. Second of all, Jesus is Lord of all. We don't have to look around for who is the head of the body, or please don't mistake that for ever being me. Our head is Jesus Christ. He's the one in charge. He is the Lord, right? Jesus is Lord. But we didn't leave out the Holy Spirit either. God is with us, the creator from the begins of the earth. His fingerprints are in his creation all around us. He is creator. He is redeemer and his son. He is sustainer by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes available to us right now all that Jesus has established and all that the Father intends. The Holy Spirit is with us as well. And that's why the Bible rules. He gave us a standard for our human minds and human language to understand his way. God reveals himself in his word and through his word. But for us, and I heard this in the testimonies this morning, that the word is not just words on a page. The scriptures say this about itself, that it's alive, that it's a living word. And what that means is 
from those words on the page, the Holy Spirit is able to echo God's will into each of our hearts. From every time we read it, we're likely to hear something slightly different in what we're reading. Because the Holy Spirit within us is shaping us between the written word and that living word. Like, like, like metal being hammered between the anvil and, and, and the hammer. But between the Word and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit transforms and shapes us from the inside out. Did you hear that in Mike's testimony? That, that once the Holy Spirit was more a part of his life, now reading the Word had power. It came alive for him. To just read the Word of God without the Holy Spirit, as if it was this week's newspaper, is basically like someone has said in the past, trying to read a sundial by moonlight. You never quite get the right reading, right? If you're reading a sundial by moonlight. But when the Holy Spirit resonates in your heart, things about which you're reading in God's Word, you can trust that. You can especially trust it if you're reading it within the body of the Christ in the Multiple, uh, there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Um, so we, we don't just read the word individually, we read it together. Those are three core convictions. God is with us, Jesus is Lord, the Bible rules, and the last one is God transforms people. God changes our reality. We don't start with our understanding of reality or our preferences and then project them onto a deity, right? God has communicated with us otherwise. He has broken into our, our reality. He is revelation to us. And so we let God transform us. If I remember reading the Bible and something about it makes me uncomfortable, chances are it's because I don't fit it, not because it doesn't fit me. I, I, I've got some changing to do. Uh, and that's, that's how we read the scriptures. We, we don't stand over them, we stand under them. We, we let them teach us and mold us and shape us. God is with us, Jesus is Lord, the Bible rules, God transforms people. And, and from all of those things, there's a way that we have said that through the years. How many of you know that our church even has a mission statement? Anybody aware of that? Yes. Thank you, Jeff. Long arms, right on the front, a member of our staff. Appreciate that. Yeah, we, we do have a mission statement. It, it's etched in wood in the back of our uh, uh, overflow room back there. And it is simply this. Our mission that we think we've gleaned biblically and that we've heard specifically over this congregation, this is something It may be on your bulletin. If not, maybe we ought to put it there. But our mission is this, to make fully devoted disciples. To make fully devoted disciples of these and future generations. We want to build a great church now, but we're not about just having a, a crowd for the moment. We want to be so authentically Christian that we're planting seeds here that become a part of our youth and will affect not just this generation, but based on our sacrifices, the next generation will be blessed, right? 
So we, we're making fully devoted disciples of these and future generations through participation in. We think God raises up his kids in families naturally, not just human families, but clusters of the body of Christ looking out for one another, little holy huddles of church family. That was the genius of John Wesley. I'll talk about this a little bit more next week. But he gathered his people together in groups, not just so that they could hear the word preached and then go out and try to live it individually, but so they could, as a team, reinforce that message with each other, unpack that message with each other. His specific words were these, that they may watch over one another in love. You can get lost in a crowd, and frankly, a lot of people like to do that today. They just soon be anonymous when they come to church. We get that. But that's not the way that disciples grow. Jesus chose 12 that they might be with him and that he might someday send them out. Mark 3.14. Jesus chose 12, a little small group of family, that they might be with him. And when we get together in groups, not just to socialize and have a good time, but when we are together with him, man, the shaping of who we are in him really becomes dynamic. I'll talk more about that next week. I'm tempted to start today, but I'm not going to. That we might make fully devoted disciples of these and future generations through participation in authentic Christian community. Listen, if we focus on being authentically Christ's, if we focus on being authentically Christian, God will take care of the growth. We're abiding harvest because we believe his word that if we abide in him, he makes us fruitful. If we abide in him, make him our home. Do life with him and with one another. That's what he's always called the church to be in every age and in every generation. It was about 20 years ago when God called Cheryl and I in our young 30s to start his church from scratch. Right? You can, don't be doing the math. That's rude, okay? But, but we've got a challenge before us. This needs to become a season where we give the keys of the church away to the next generation. For 20s and 30s of somethings among us start to claim this as their, this is their church as we all cheer them on. I want us to become not just a great church for now, but for future generations. And we're going to figure out a way to do that together. I remember when my dad walked in when I was 16 and I was not anticipating it. It was actually just this next uh, June 21st. It was my 16th birthday. And he walked in and he had some keys in his hand and he was jingling them like this. And they were the keys to his hand-me-down car, you know. But for me, uh, it was a new day. It was a new day. I had the keys now, right? 
it was my car to drive. It's also my car to fill up. And, and Dad taught me over those next years. I wasn't ready for it then, but he taught me. He taught me how to, how to change the oil, right? And he, he taught me how to air up the tires. And there'll be a lot of learning even as we go forward. We'll do things differently because it's a new generation expressing for their generation the relevance of Christ. But I'm excited. I'm excited about the years until I retire. Can you believe that's not that long away? That's just 10 years away. And I'm not going to uh, run to the tape. I'm going to run through it. Yes. I'm going to run all the way to the tape and all the way through it. I'm going to do all I can for the Lord in my generation. But there are generations yet to come. And I know many of you feel that same way. I heard someone's comments this morning that years ago I had a calling and I expressed it this way. And now that I'm older, God is morphing how he works through me. And that, that's true for all of us. But this church is yet to be all that God calls it to be. And each of us get a front row seat to see what these core convictions in this mission statement with the power of the Holy Spirit connecting in love to our community around us, what that's going to become. I predict we'll become a church with stronger missions than ever before. I predict we'll become a church more vibrant than ever before. I predict that this church will be known in this community for being like Jesus. And if that is our only merit badge, what could we wear more proudly than to be a people who have become like our king? Would you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you this morning for the thrill in my heart if I, as I've heard others reflect back to me the, the core values of this place and the core values of my own heart. Father, you're definitely at work among us. You are shaping us. We are becoming what you will make of us. And so, Father, for that, knowing the artist that you are, the great designs that are in your mind, Father, we thank you that you work with ordinary hunks of clay like us. But we pray, Lord God, that this is just the beginning. And we thank you for what's now and what's next, for what's been, for what's going to be. So, Father, lead us, guide us. And as we close this service this morning, God, I just pray over the food that's waiting for us at lunch that you would bless that and allow us uh, to know your fellowship with one another even as we're having fun, learning about pickleball and getting the hang of the game or just watching others give it a try. Uh, but Lord, I thank you for everyone within the sound of my voice this morning. Thank you that you still call your people to walk with you. And that when you do, you always fulfill your promises to walk with us. I thank you for every person that makes abiding harvest what it is. I thank you, Father, for every move of your spirit that's going to work through us to touch this community. Father, go before us. It's all about you, not about us. So we give ourselves to you afresh. We anticipate what's next with excitement. Praise you, Lord Jesus, for being the Lord of us all. 
Let's stand this short Sunday and sing a final word of praise to our King.